Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. I'm not Joe. <laughs> you are not. I'm Clark. Yes. Uh, my co-host, Joe Gumont, could not be here tonight, so I have a couple um, friends joining me. Um, Clark, introduce yourself. I'm Clark. <clears throat> Next. <laughs> I'm Dan. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. Yep. Um, well, to begin with, <clears throat> um, we are actually pausing from the collection that Joe and I were going through as far as cigars are concerned, because it's for Joe and I to go through the collection. But we do have a cigar to review tonight. Clark and I are enjoying the natural Dirk Torpedo by Drew Estate. <clears throat> and um, Dan is uh, enjoying a cheaper cigar. Not that the Dirk Torpedo is necessarily an expensive one. But Dan, what are, what are you enjoying tonight? <clears throat> 85 cents for a Swisher Sweet BLK Series Smooth. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Super cheap. All right. Well, so that's what that's what Dan's going to be enjoying tonight. And Clark and I will be talking about this, but just to let you know what the Natural Dirt Torpedo is, um, it's actually named for the rich black soil in Pueblo Nuevo, Nicaragua, where the oily Maduro wrapper leaf on this cigar is grown and cured. The Dirt Torpedo is sweet tasting. It's a mild cigar with an effortless draw, and um, my addition here, I think it sort of tastes like a pipe tobacco cigar. I don't know that it's pipe tobacco in it, but um, uh, it's got a sweet tip, and it's very aromatic smoke, um, or at least it's supposed to be. That's what, you know, and I've had it before. But we'll give you some updates. Um, just just to start, Clark, what are we, what are we getting to, to begin with? Well, you get uh, definitely a sweetness on, uh, on the infused tip there, too. But uh, I don't know. It's just pretty uniform. It's not uh, exceptionally one thing or another. It's just... Just a little bit of um, straight tobacco, a little maybe a little not biscuity, chocolatey, slight chocolate on there, and um, but maybe that's the sweetness too. It just uh, comes off like that brownie batter. Yeah, in, in fact, it's it's interesting. Baking it? brownie batter. Oh, it cooked it for an extra ten minutes. It's a little burnt. Yeah, it yeah, tastes good. I was gonna say bready sweet chocolate, which mm-hmm. is we're right on the same page. So this is good. So that's. Just we just fired up, but we're right before we started recording, so that's what you get for the beginning. Yeah. So as far as um, what's going on in the news uh, this week, there's all kinds of stuff, and I'm just going to zip through it really quick, and then who knows where we go? You know, we never have an agenda here, but of course, Serena Serena Williams blowing up was kind of <laughs> interesting and funny. Kavanaugh, you know, trying to get taken down by some stuff. Uh, Chelsea Clinton said something about. Um, that was interesting. We'll just say it was interesting. Maybe we'll get into that more. Um, the the Google Pro Hillary employee video stuff was kind of intriguing, and then of course we've got a uh, we've got a uh, <laughs> hurricane. There we go. Lost the word. Um, hurricane coming onto the east coast of the United States, and that's Low. that's kind of a big deal. That makes me think of uh, what, what was that old uh, sitcom. Alice. Mel, Mel's Diner. Alice, yeah. Flo was one of the waitresses. Mel Sharples, yep. Yeah. There we go. But uh, <laughs> Hurricane Florence heading to the East Coast. So those are things we, um, you know, we could we could go into anything. And I guess since I'm one of the hosts, I kind of want to 
just I just feel like I want to slam Serena Williams because when I heard the video of her just totally back talking the coach and this the story is she was playing tennis and her coach was sending her signals and you're not supposed to do that but the coach admitted he was breaking the rules and doing it anyway and he said that everyone does it but he was busted and I think she was docked a point and then she threw a fit and broke her racket and was docked another point something like that the details of the story you can find elsewhere but the point is she was just bad-mouthing the judge, throwing a fit. And I just, the, the first thing that came to mind was, you are a spoiled child. <laughs> I don't know if any, any of you guys heard it. Did you hear the, the coverage, when the actual video or audio of her? I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I heard it, it was in the news, but I didn't even know the story, to be honest with you. But um, I think I heard a little bit. I mean, that, that's pretty status quo for most tennis players is uh, more John McEnroe type stuff, too. <laughs> we're throwing a fit about a call against him. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe maybe she was felt she was treated unfairly or singled out, possibly. I think she feels, the story I heard is she feels targeted for um, blood doping, blood testing, and things more so, even though she's never tested positive, than the typical tennis player. I think that's, that's part of the story I heard, but maybe that's a separate story altogether. Yeah, I didn't hear the coach part either, but I did hear about the, there was a meme, whatever, whatever, or series of photos that, whatever you want to call it nowadays, um, illustrating that a ball was in, or a ball was out, excuse me, and a line judge called it in, and so she lost a point, um, and she just fired, went off um, through through this, you know, this hissy fit, and and completely disrespected the game as as far as uh, just so, like you said, something we haven't seen since the McEnroe days. I mean, I think people have disagreed with with calls since the beginning of tennis, but this one seemed to go at least get a lot more hype. Anyway, I'm not sure why it was any more than any other call that was missed or whatever but yeah that's the part that I saw was the was her like going the extra mile to McEnroe the judge yeah that's a that's a good the good way to put good way to put it um I, you know and, and I guess I think on on one hand you have sometimes people that are really really good and they really put their life into something and they're they're excellent and they're at the top of their game pun intended um that if you've got that much invested your emotions can be on edge and and so on some level I could say yeah I could forgive a little bit of it but at some point um, you you cross the line of your spoiled child because when you're playing the game you are saying that's the judge I'm not it doesn't matter I'm not the judge it doesn't matter if the judge is wrong I I have a friend that actually coaches uh, high school basketball and football and he just he just says they just call it how it is, and if anybody throws a fit, they tee them. Just boom, instantly. It's like they, they don't take crap. And they shouldn't take crap at this level either. If this is the best player, the best woman player, um, maybe in the world, then I really, you know, I want to put a little more pressure on her. No, she doesn't have to behave. She can do what she wants and lose the points and throw a fit. So she should act professional? Is that what you're saying? Uh, you know, I, I think she should. <laughs> um, but whatever. So anybody should at that level, right? I think everybody should, but I do think it's okay to have a little higher expectation. 
And when you start pulling things like, I have a daughter and I've never cheated, you know, and it's like you have a daughter and you're being a crappy example to your daughter on how to treat, you know, and how to respect people and respect the game and treat judges. And then she pulls the card. It's like, oh, they're doing it because I'm a woman. And she said that on one of her interviews. And it's like, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I think they're I think they're hard on male players too. I think if a male player had done it, they'd have done the same thing. I don't think it has anything to do with being a woman. I don't think it has anything to do with being black. That's just that's me. I just wanted to call her a child on recording, and you know. <laughs> well, I think that it really comes down to if tennis was a one point game, then maybe you'd have an argument. But the truth is, it's a five point game per per game, and a point. <laughs> is a point, and if you are the top woman's player in the world, and the thing that you're worried about the most is either going down a point or losing a point in a game, which is the best of six, then there's a whole lot of other points that were either called right or completely ignored, and that I think that's the real deal. Um, in my opinion, it's just that that there was way too much focus on this one point, and I think it's indicative of where we've come, unfortunately, in that we're so focused on the the one missed call that we may we may miss all those really great calls that went in our favor. Interesting. Any more any more to say on that, Clark? Um. I think I give her credit for speaking up about, um, yeah, just speaking up about her opinion at least. Um, so I, I think that's probably good, but um, whether it's valid or not, I don't know. Um, I would say this about all professional sports, though, too. I would say, you know, you're playing at a high level and, you know, a call doesn't go your way. I think you are, are legitimate in saying you didn't think the call was right, but to, um, Protest or do anything beyond that over it, I think is a little, maybe borderline uh, childish or selfish too, then too. Yeah, yeah my, my friend Jeff has, has said before, he said, you know, we're, we're human. You know, he, he admits he's, you know, as, as a ref, you know, high school ref, he's like, we're human. We can, we can make mistakes. You know, particularly in high school, you don't have the video replay to check. But it's like, you know, maybe we were wrong. But we call it as we see it and we do the best we can. And, and at some level, you, if you're, you're, a, you're agreeing to that. You know, when you, when you start to play. So, anyway, um, enough said about that. Um, where where y'all want to go next? We know what happened in the world. For and news? We, and we don't have to cover news. We can cover anything else, too, if uh, something's on your mind. Here's, this is my thing. I, I'll talk about anything. I have an opinion pretty much on 98% of things, but um, I would say that my knowledge base on most things is minimal. Well, most things. Yeah, I think most things, especially news things. I like to I like to be um, have be informed and in when I comment about things as far as seeking the truth in all things I would say so part of that's identifying BS in certain situations and part of that's just uh, giving people the benefit of the doubt too sometimes so how about a hurricane hurricanes uh, well it's Florence so it's gender not gender neutral I suppose but it's uh, pretty pretty no but uh, Florence could be a transgender man or a trans 
I don't even know what storms could be. <laughs> could be a trans, transgender, transgender tropical storm. Yeah, there well, we go. <laughs> I guess the the question that that raises is: Has anybody asked the storm how it identifies? I, well, I don't think so. I don't know. I think they just randomly assign names I'm, to them, so without I, even asking. Yeah, I feel like it's unfair. Yeah. I feel like maybe the storm should be thrown. It was assigned a Which, name at birth. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why they behave more. What's a uh, what would be the word? Uh, disaster, disastrously, or more peacefully, depending upon how they accept that. That could be. Yeah. If you were to personify a hurricane. If it's a hurricane activist, that's going to be one bad Which, storm. If you name a hurricane, <laughs> that's personifying it to a degree, isn't it? I suppose. Well, so now that we. Goofed around with it with this serious thing that's gonna kill could kill a lot of people. Five dead already. Already? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I really? Just, I saw that just as I was leaving work. And it hasn't hit the states yet. I think right now it's not officially uh, officially an issue. Landed. It's uh, it's the rain and some flooding mm-hmm. and some some windage. Wow. Type deal. Wasn't I did there hear some about gas explosions too? I heard Possibly. I did hear something about that. I did hear about a lady that took the opportunity and, and I have to applaud her. Um, she made um, lemonade out of lemons. She, uh, there was a lot of rain and, and uh, some heavy rain in her area. She so really she, made lemonade? She made <laughs> But she did take uh, a sponge and some soap, and she went out and washed her car, and cool. let the the torrential rain rinse it off for her. So she saved herself a step. I have to, I have to applaud her. And nothing fell on her car. Yeah. <laughs> so well, as far as I know, all right, all right. I'm maybe five seconds after she got done washing me, a tree fell on it. I don't. I'm not sure. That would be disappointing. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's come back to uh, the hurricane if we have more to say. But it's gonna, we're pretty close to a cigar update, so. We're, um, gosh, are we an inch inch down? Are we burning about the same? Yeah, pretty oh, close. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's my opinion on uh, Hurricane Florence or any other hurricane for that matter. I think the, usually the biggest issue is they declare a, a state of emergency and they ask people to leave. Um, so then the, kind of the question is, do people have a right to stay in their homes despite oh, uh, being asked to leave? Which, in this case, several people have. and. I've heard some interviews with them, too. so That's a worthwhile topic. Yeah, so I think that's, um, even though, yeah, there's a danger, but at the same time, there's a danger in everything we do. So, um, But I think people point to, what's the worst-case scenario? Is that, uh, okay, yeah, it's flooding, and you need someone to rescue you. Then is it uh, their responsibility to come get you despite you not heeding the warnings originally, right? That's kind of probably the bigger issue with some people. Yeah, I, that's that's... That's fun. Let's tackle that too after we do a cigar update here. So we're we're an inch down. Who cares what where Dan is because he's smoking cheap cigars. We're not gonna we're not gonna sure. talk about they this. They are pipe tobacco though. They are okay. They are pipe tobacco. This uh, this the garage is gonna smell good when we're done. That's sure. all I have to say about that. Sure. So I think so far pretty consistent. Um, I do want to say that the retrohale through the nose is super mild, no burn whatsoever, and it's actually really pleasant. It adds a little bit. To the flavor, spice. I still think I'm gonna stick. There might, yeah, there's there might be some kind of baking spice as I retrohale through the nose, but it's pretty much that that sweet bready chocolate. Um, I'm gonna stick to my the the words I said in the beginning, um, and some of the sweet. I'm trying to identify the smoke, not the sweet tip, but obviously there's a sweet tip, so I'm getting sweet on my lips. But I think the smoke itself has a sweetness to it. 
Um, even as that, we'll see as the tip wears off a little bit. We'll see what happens. What What do you think, Clark? Anything additional? I concur. No, I'll add a little bit more too. Um, it's uh, yeah, I, I I think it's just it's fairly smooth that you get um, you don't get quite yeah you don't get quite a, a harshness or burn sometimes that you do in some cigars either. Just I mean just because of the I don't know it's the tobacco with the flavor, but yeah, it's smooth and chocolatey. It's almost like a. Uh, brownie cigar, nah, it's yeah. not quite there, but yeah, it's nice. I, I'd say a, a, a decent, um, not decent, a, a fair entry level one for people who don't haven't had a lot of them too. I would say. I I but also despite the sweetness. I mean, it, it's a little on the sweet side, but yeah. Yeah, um, and I, and I will say that Drew Estate kind of made their made their money infusing cigars, and this is actually supposed to not be an infused cigar. It's just a blended tobacco. And I don't know if they've said it's pipe tobacco, but it sure, to me, it tastes like there's pipe tobacco in it. It's just, and some nice mild cigar smoke, probably a little pipe tobacco in it, but it's supposed to not be infused. This line is like one of the lines they created that is not infused, but just blended tobacco to make it taste this way. So, uh, so that's our first cigar update, but I, I, Clark, back to the hurricane. I like when you, rights are really important. Back to the storm. Yeah, back to the storm. Rights are important to me. So when you say, "Does somebody have the right?" I, yeah, I think a theme in my life over the last couple of years is that people have the right to be wrong. They have the freedom in this country to do the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and I don't think anyone should force them to do the right thing. Um, with with a few except with a few exceptions. Um, so, I think if you say, "I don't want to leave my home." That I think that's your right. This one's actually difficult for me. I, I can land on both both in both camps on this one, and here's why. I agree with you in that I paid for a piece of property, or am paying for a piece of property. I pay taxes, however you feel about taxes, to a to a government, a government entity, to secure the rights to remain on said property. Therefore, if I want to go down with the ship, maybe that's my quote-unquote right. Now, where I land in the other camp is my in-laws, whom I love dearly, are stationed at Fort Bragg, Mm -hmm. which is in Fayetteville, or close to Fayetteville, Mm -hmm. which is going to be in the the crap. Oh, and they're going to have to rest. They have to stay because they are active duty military. Mm -hmm. They have, the government says, you will stay because some people will not heed the warning to leave, whether it's deemed to be their right or not their right, quote unquote. So, I could land in the other camp and say, my in-laws are in direct danger to go and rescue people who exercise their right or quote right to not heed that warning. So when I think of my family being in danger, that could tend to bother me. Um, so I could land on I could land in both camps. I don't know that a government that requires me to acquire the rights monetarily mm-hmm. to a piece of property should dictate how I uh, 
use that property outside of applicable laws. I'm not using it in uh, in illegal in, fashion. In, in, in an illegal fashion. We're not talking about uh, illegal marijuana farms or opium farm, anything like that. Um, but just plain and simple. Oh, I don't want to go. Um, and then members of my family, very potentially, could be in harm's way. Um, simply because of stubborn uh, whatever. Bullheadedness. Yeah. So when somebody says to me, this is the worst storm in 30 years, um, and not to equate it to other natural disasters, but would we be having this discussion if it were another such uh, imminent danger, another imminent danger. Um, God forbid a terrorist attack, and somebody said, "Well, I'm not going." You see, see where I and I hate to draw that parallel, sure, sure. but it, but I, I can't help but think about that. Um, uh, Clark, any thoughts? Um, Do people have the right to. Be stupid and stay. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and this is my take on it too. I mean, they've been warned, so they say, "Hey, you, there's a good chance you could get flooded. There's a good chance you could die." Um, and I equate it to the medical profession too. They say, "Well, here's your, uh, if we do this, this is your chance to live, and if we do this, this is your chance to live." And ultimately, you're autonomous, and you can refuse or, well, in most cases, refuse or deny whatever treatment. So, uh, but yeah, I think I agree with Dan too in that. Uh, I mean, just because. Um, if people choose to stay, I wouldn't, uh, uh, and, they, and they're in trouble, you know, help may come, but it may not be immediate. So I would say don't expect somebody to show up 30 seconds, 30 minutes after right. you have a distress call. So Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, it's, if I had relatives in the service, I, I think I would say, you know, if that's a, a potentially a part of your job, then, then that's your job. But <laughs> I would also say... If you say, I'm going to avoid the warning and stay, I'd be okay with the government then saying, your right to be rescued has been removed. Um, Because I think at that point, the obligation that you paid taxes for the people that protect you, they did protect you, they warned you, you didn't leave, you've you've given it up. You've said, I'm going to stay. I would be okay with, with the, okay, we're not going to rescue you. And like the denying treatment thing, like kind of draw that parallel. Yeah. Now, I would also I would also say that um, I don't think it's the obligation of the government to rescue those people, but I do think people have an obligation to rescue people. And so then it gets all complicated because government is the people, kind of, you know. <laughs> so supposed to be. Yeah. So. Um, uh, but other private people can, I mean, have gone and helped others yes, too ex- as exa- well. So, exactly. You know, built kind of um, when others can't get to them. I do feel sometimes like putting their own life or others at in danger as well when yeah. they do that. But but I I would be completely fine with removing the obligation. Say okay, if you're staying, then we're okay. We're, there's no guarantee anybody's going to rescue you. Sign this piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether you sign the piece of paper or not, too bad. You're well, staying. I do agree with. When you sign on to be uh, a government employee of that nature, first responder, first somebody. responder, EMT, um, firefighter, um, he happens to be uh, in the military, obviously, at, at Fort Bragg. Um, when you sign on, you know that that is a um, that is a, the potential. So I don't think that he would say, 
I'm upset yeah. that I have yeah. to stay. Yeah. But at the same time, just for me, I'm like, well, that's kind of sucky that that he may get called out to help somebody. And, and I don't think that he would think about it twice. He would yeah. go help him. Yeah. Because he's a he's a decent person on top of being obligated by the military to do so. He's he's he would help his neighbor because it's his neighbor. Right. And, and whether you're doing it because you're a good-hearted human being or because yeah. it's your obligation, you're in the yeah. service, I think at some point they just say, it doesn't matter if you're an idiot. Gosh, yeah. I want to go save you. Sure. And it's yeah. I, I think people do that because yeah. they're good-hearted. So, and, and that's I do like, though, when we talk about rights because I think rights matter, and I'm glad that's the word you, you mentioned, Clark, because I think that was that was um, pretty key. Um, all right, so um, one, of the, one of the things we're going to do is uh, have an unofficial sponsor on, on uh, every... Doug and Joe talk.com show and so uh, this is this is the first time we've started it and I'm gonna basically give kudos to a place that I order cigars from quite a bit it's probably it might be the top place I order from it's at least in the top three for sure uh, but famous smoke shop not sure where they are maybe Pennsylvania but I'm ordering from their online shop because I don't live in Pennsylvania and um, I think their prices are good I like the quality of what they carry um, customer service has been good. The cigars arrive; they're humidified, right? <laughs> they're not moldy, you know. So, um, yay! And so, I like Famous Smoke Shop. So, thumbs up to them. That's our unofficial sponsor of Doug and Joe Talk today. And we should be pretty close. Ah, now we're a little early for a cigar update. So let's uh, let's look at something else. Anything else on, on our mind, whether it's on our list or not? Well, I know you're a big follower of Chelsea Clinton, big fan, Dan. <laughs> yeah. We don't hang out on the weekends or anything. But. Yeah. It's, she, did she go to your church? No. Just, no. just kidding. <laughs> um, so, Chelsea Clinton, you know, and I actually, I saw the video, and it was funny because she was like, she was like, you know, say, basically she was pro-abortion, pro-killing babies in the womb, and, and she was saying, we have to fight to keep this right for women. Because it's so important for it's it's the typical, you know, talking points, reproductive rights of women. And she said, "I know I'll take a lot of flack for this, but I think it's even unchristian to remove a woman's right to, you know, uh, have an abortion." And I'm, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I, I can see why you get you get flack for that." And um, so I thought it was a, a little bit silly on one hand, although <clears throat> I I do I actually did hear it kind of a uh, Christian opinion once that I don't want to talk about right away. I want to, I want to get you guys' take on this before I go into a, a Christian view of why the government shouldn't be involved in, in abortion. But So what what do you guys think of what, assuming that what I told you about the story is, is accurate, which, it, which I think it is? Well, I think that the first thing that would come to my mind and again... I could land in a couple of different camps on this deal because the, the word, she used the word Christian, which we know to mean, which we know to mean Christ-like, okay? And so I think that the world outside of, uh, of the teachings of Jesus would not necessarily use the word Christian to mean Christ-like. They use the word Christian to mean 
a group of people who go to church. Culture, You're saying she's not really a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she converted to Judaism, didn't she? Because she married a, a Jewish fellow. At least that's what her wedding was. I didn't know Could that. Be. Could be. I didn't even know she was married. That's how much I know about Chelsea Clinton. So, so I guess where I could land in a couple of different places on this deal is if I'm using the word Christian to equate to a group of people that um, that may be opposed to abortion but as a standard, then I would say it would be very Christian to uh, not, uh, not support abortion. Because the stance of the church, I believe, by and large, or a conglomerate of people who would call themselves Christians, would not support abortion. Okay, so, but I would also go so far as to say, if the word Christian means Christ-like, <laughs> then I could draw a parallel to the story of, of the woman at the well, and, and say that despite somebody having an abortion or whatever that may be, or even how about the story of the, the woman who was caught in adultery um, and, and everybody had their stones and Christ did exactly the opposite of what everybody expected, forgave the woman and sent her on her way, right? Right, but he never, he never once said that adultery was right. Correct. He did not condone... You're talking about how the person that got the abortion would be treated. You're not talking about whether abortion's right you're, or wrong. And you're right. Okay. And you're right. right. Absolutely. And so that's where I would... Yep. I could land in another camp and say that um, it would be very Christ-like to not condone abortion, but also not condemn those who would choose... To have an abortion. To have an abortion. Yeah, so this is a very difficult conversation to have with a conglomerate of people who might call themselves the uh, that sure. word just meaning we go to church and we believe in God. Right. Um, I like what you said. I'm not going to comment. Clark, let's do a cigar update before I get your your comment. Yeah. <clears throat> um, They're the same comment. Um, so this is... And I've had this stick four or five times before, so I was expecting this, but it's completely consistent. I haven't noticed a lot of change, except maybe some of the sweet on the tip has been dissipating. But I'm, I'm actually going to lean your way. I was kind of saying sweet bread, chocolate. I wouldn't say brownie, but I'm going to say this is very brownie-esque. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you kudos for that word. But I'm going to ask, instead of make a statement, I might be getting a little bit of coffee with the brownie. Now, chocolate... The bitter chocolate and coffee can sometimes be similar, so I, I'm not sure. Do you think you're getting any coffee? Uh, I could say a little bit of coffee. Yeah, okay. I, could, I could, I could buy into that, depending on the flavor of the coffee. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Uh, but I'm getting closer. I'm over halfway done, and I'd say I'm getting a little more heat from the cigar as well. So maybe it's just uh, accentuating that spiciness or that heat a little bit too. So yep. It could be, and I haven't tried this yet, and I will before the next update. I always try to draw really, really hard and then really, really soft to compare the two draws to see if that changes the taste of the cigar. I'll do that before the next update, but so far pretty consistent, right? I think so. Okay. All right. Clark, Chelsea Clinton's statements on abortion being 
Well, I didn't actually hear her statements or knew she made them this week. Um, that's how much I follow all the news. But um, <clears throat> I think, uh, just based on what you said, though, her saying that uh, someone a, a right to have an abortion is, is a Christian thing, I think, I mean, and this is my take on it. I mean, anybody can say anything about a group, whether that's true or not, or whether that's um, the majority of the group is uh, definitely in question, though, too. I'd say if you were asked people who self-identify as a Christian, um, whether or not they support abortion, I would say most of them would not. I would say they, they stand up for the rights of the unborn child more so than the <clears throat> convenience of the mother. I mean, there's situations where it's, it's no good outcome either way, granted, um, with some women um, or situations, but I, I always choose life over um, difficulty most, most uh, more often than not. Mo- uh, mostly because, I mean, I would say majority of children born... Um, even if the mother doesn't want them, there are hundreds of people who would love to adopt them. Mm-hmm. And that's um, from experience and just, uh, I think, opportunity to love kids despite their circumstances or upbringing or birth situation. They don't have a choice in that. Yeah. I think they should. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah, but. yeah it does. And I, I just want to echo one thing that, that Dan said, and uh, that then maybe maybe that's enough on this topic. But I, I, I like... That you talked about how you treat the person versus how you treat whether abortion's right or wrong. Because just because someone does something wrong doesn't mean you have to treat them like they're not a human being anymore. That doesn't mean you have to be non-compassionate. And I think one of the things particularly that I've seen Christians do is be very loving and compassionate to mothers either way. Um, typically, once they have an abortion, sometimes they're like, uh, they just go about their life and they don't want the Christians to care about them too much. But maybe right after or when they're still considering it, I think some Christians can really love. And there may have been some evil-ish Christians really pushing too hard on the don't abort your baby thing that might have been mean, but I don't think that's the norm. I think that's the exception to the rule. So um, I'm so I'm glad you mentioned that, and I, yeah, I, I'd be hard-pressed to call it a... Uh, a, a Christian thing to support abortion, but I'm not going to argue. Which I don't care. Maybe she's some type of Christian, or the word Christian can be misunderstood. So I think that kind of could explain that situation. But I, I do think somebody. I think it's harder for people that support abortion right now, and will be probably into the future because science has come so far. We can get 3D ultrasounds now, and it's like what at 20 weeks, whatever it is, it's like it, it, yeah. It, it looks like a human being. <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to deny that it's some kind of life, and we got to draw the line somewhere, but I, I just, I think it's a, definitely it's a bad thing. Somebody needs to be standing up for the baby, so. All right. So, uh... Oh, I just wanted one more comment on the whole abortion thing, too, but uh, it just uh, depending on the news source you listen to, just uh, it's interesting what term they use for either of those, whether it's pro-life, Pro-choice, yeah. and a popular one now in some media circles is anti-abortion as opposed to pro-life. Oh yeah. Um, and what would be the other anti-life? I suppose would be the other one, which doesn't get used that often, I don't think. But that um, one just sounds negative, no matter how you say it. Yeah. yeah. So well, pro-abortion, anti-life, or because we have time, I did say I was going to mention something. I almost forgot it. Um, I heard an argument that I, I may not. I'm going to try to explain it as best as I can. But it surprised me a little bit, and it, it was my wife that shared it with me. She heard it from some other people. She was saying that if we allow, this was not her view either, it was someone else's, but if we allow the government to step in and say, a parent 
cannot do what they want with their child, unborn or not, that could be a slow rolling, you know. Are you alluding to free range children, or is this a separate thing? Uh, I don't know what that is. I'm just I'm just saying that if, if we allow the government to take a parent's <laughs> right away, that that could go as far as them saying, oh. Well, teaching creation science is abusing your child, so you can't abuse your child, or we'll take your child away, or you can't teach them about Jesus because Jesus is, it's a religious thing, it's not really a fact thing, you can't do that anymore, um, you can't choose to what to feed your child because they're eating, they have to only eat non-GMO, you can't choose to avoid that vaccination, you have to be vac- you have to vaccinate your child. Aren't we about a step away from that now? Truthfully, I mean, if we really, really break it down, I'm I'm of a slightly uh, I'm slightly elevated in age, and and if I were to and if I'm to look back on my childhood and and draw a parallel to uh, draw a parallel line to the even my children's childhood. Um, DHS, however you feel about them, mm-hmm. I have no, I mean, I have an opinion, but it's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, DHS was not a word you heard unless you needed ADC or some kind of assistance mm-hmm. because your situation was enough that dad and mom going to work was not going to be enough to support the children. DHS was not a word that you used because, um, because you little Jimmy felt like he wasn't yeah. like he got spanked and little Johnny didn't get spanked. It wasn't it wasn't a conversation that we had. I can count on zero of my fingers the num the my friends growing up that got a good old fashioned butt whipping or maybe even a slap across the chops or or whatever. <clears throat> Uh, you know, without highlighting too many barbaric acts by <laughs> fathers and stepfathers of the 70s and 80s um, that never would have ended up anywhere other than um, a conversation between mom and dad of, hey, I thought you were a little hard on Johnny last night or, or whatever. But now we've got this scenario where we're almost to the point where DHS gets involved, or these agencies, let me not even point out one specific agency, they come in and they say, like, I can't believe you're feeding your child this. And, and I, I feel like we may, or, or it's a prelude to a very scary situation, incredibly similar to what you're describing. I feel like we're very close to that now. I, I think, I'm, I'm going to jump in for a second. I think... Um, as the overall government bureaucracy gets huge and education has become a government bureaucracy, it's no longer something we do. We, we don't educate our own children anymore. In general, in the United States, the government educates our children. And then, you know, homosexuality getting thrown into it, transgenderism getting thrown into it, all kinds of other things getting thrown into it. Um, you know, I, I hope we're not close, but the fact that, you know, if someone turned us in for teaching our daughter that because she was born with a vagina she's a girl and all of a sudden that could somehow be illegal 
I hope we're not close to that in America. I've heard that it's a lot worse in Europe, um, and perhaps even Canada. Um, I hope we're not close. I don't know. Um, that, I just wanted to throw throw that sure. out there. So, sure. Clark. Um, well, I know there's scenarios, but I, I mean, I I know some specific ones. I, I going back to the free range children one. I mean, I'd say when I was a child, I was pretty much a free range child. Basically, it's unsupervised mm. kids doing what they want to do. You know, um, and depending on the age there too, that's probably the bigger issue. But. We um, called it latchkey kids when I was growing up. Okay. Same, yeah. Same, same, same so, I mean, I think in specifically in some cities, I'm going to say out east, I came up with New York or where, but, uh, you know, like a parent would have a child walk on their own or a couple, two or three kids walk <clears throat> to the park and play and then come back and and some parents are called the police or whatever saying, hey, where's your parents at? You know, and so then it gets to be an issue um, where it may nothing happened, but at the same time, they feel that that's being negligent as a parent or inappropriate or whatever the case is so that's kind of alluding to what you said that's kind of like a slippery slope to what degree who gets to make that call the parent or the state or the police or who you know dhs so i think um yeah that is kind of calls it into question and this is my take on you know i think i I, i'm probably more vigilant just because uh the kids i have are probably don't have the ability to self-regulate or make good decisions at this point in their life but um, at the same time you want to give them some freedom to be able to make those uh, choices and face consequences on their own too so and you're talking about working with kids in your physical rehab no my own children oh your own children you're working okay yeah i see yeah most of the kids that um i I work with professionally have a disability of some sort or other too or multiple disabilities so yeah 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 i'm i'm a it's. I I think if my neighbor decides not to put their child in a car seat, um, and they're required by law to do so, I don't think that law should be there. I think they have the freedom to. They have the best. The parent is the one that has the best interest of the child in mind, and um, I think it's worse to violate the rights of other parents than to force that law on all of society. And that's a pretty big thing to say out loud, but, you know, really? Really? Who's going to die? My opinion is, it's the job of the seat manufacturer to advertise that seat. It's not the government's job to force it by law. And I think if we didn't have car seat laws then the car seat manufacturers would be showing all kinds of YouTube videos, all kinds of Facebook Live stuff, and they'd be saying, hey, you need to get your kid in the car. And you know what? It wouldn't be much different. But but it would be the choice of the parent at that point. Right, and nobody would get on me for not having my girls in a, with their car seat buckled when I'm driving two block, blocks to the park at five miles an hour. <laughs> I, I hear where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I do. And I, and I, for the most part, 100% agree. I feel like where these agencies have gotten involved and over-involved, I would argue, is that there are a lot of parents making really bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so does that make it right for the government, little government, big government, whoever it is, to regulate everybody because of the bad decisions of some parents? Probably not. But I would argue that there is a strong belief and, and maybe even a strong possibility that without some kind of 
at least uh, a strong nudge. <laughs> um, and, and the car seat thing may be just a, a small piece of that. People with too much freedom will make really poor choices. And, and, and again, I'm driving two blocks to the park, and uh, that that's a, a you know not even really part of this equation. Yeah. Um, we didn't have car seats when I was growing up, and look at me, I'm fine, quote unquote. Yeah. Right. So, so can children survive being in a car without a car seat? Absolutely. It's been proven for hundreds of years. I mean, the car has been around since how long? How long? Um, hundred years now. Yeah. So. Um, did buggies go fast enough to Ill injure children before that? Yep. Of course. Some were killed. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you in the aspect that the reach has gotten too deep. But I'm also, again, devil's advocate. Some people are just moronic parents. True. but And, and my argument would be, I agree that we should help call people out. We should hold people accountable, but not through the government. I, and if I you. see my neighbor yeah. who's a drug dealer driving like a son of a gun with yeah. his kids not in a car seat, I should I'm the one that needs to be over there saying, "Listen, yes. I don't want to bust your chops." Yeah. You were driving like crazy, and yeah. I know your kids were in a car seat. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Or they were in the back of the pickup or whatever. Well, how about what, even if your car kids weren't in the car? Yeah. How about you're driving like crazy? Yeah, around this, so, around so, University Park where yeah, it's like... take kids yeah. out of the equation. Yeah, exactly. People, people can be dumb. So should it be the government's responsibility to make people be not dumb? No. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm going to disagree with you on part of it. Anyway. Okay. I, good. I want to hear your opinion. Uh, where, so, are we, where am I in an update? Check my clock. So I'd say... Uh, Okay. One example. So, yeah, if you re regulate things that are effective in saving people's lives, I think that is valid. So, say for example, seatbelts. <clears throat> That's been a law here for quite some time, and it's 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 a fact that uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but people who have seatbelts on in an accident uh, tend to live more than those who do not. So um, that saves lives. I mean, whether people choose or not, yet there's still people who choose not to use seatbelts, and um, and that's which is against the law. I would say pretty much every state. I think there's a seatbelt law. I'm pretty sure. So, so you can take it to seatbelts. Um, it's same thing. Kind of translates over to car seats. Kids in car seats, if they are in an accident, tend to survive more than those who are not. Couldn't agree. So couldn't agree more. So so the question is: Is it better to have people survive accidents or not? Or is that an infringement? You know. And so to me, I grew up wearing a seatbelt. I probably when I was real young didn't always have one on either, but. Um, you know, it wasn't in an accident really so much either. So, except for my mom's arm, you know, that mom arm seatbelt thing. The mom seatbelt, yeah. Which I did experience one time, I think. I don't know if it was me or my sibling. But anyway, so, um, in certain situations, I think it is. Is it is it good to regulate the size of a soda you can drink in a certain situation? You know, I mean, you did, you can take you can take yeah. this to the, the most absurd end, whatever that people would do, and people can justify whatever it is in their mind. You know, what does it make sense always? No, but they can usually try to justify that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you say you can only eat a McDonald's twice a week or only have so big so big of a big gulp or a size, of, you can only be a gallon or less, you know, or whatever it is. So you, you can do that and you'll probably, by doing so, you improve the health of people, but at the same time do people... So then the, it goes back to the same question, which I don't think is necessarily 
founded is do people have the right to destroy their lives? I mean, you can see, do the same with alcohol, drugs, and other things too. You know, most of those are legal. It's <clears throat> at least uh, alcohol for young kids, but um, young kids 21 and younger. So those things are, I, I think there's a reason for those. And I think it's good that for a society to have that to a degree. Because, you know, most parents are smart enough to say, hey, you kids don't do this, you know. But yet there's some parents who don't care or want to be their kid's friend and have them do whatever fun thing they want to do. So, which extends beyond that. I'm sorry. So that's that's my take on it. So. Um, and and we, we might go further into this. Let's do it. Let's do the last cigar update here. And uh, so... I want to start out with something really interesting, and we, it it is getting a little warmer. I have to draw a little bit lighter because it's getting short. We're mm-hmm. you know what do we got inch and a half, two inches left, something yep, like that. Same, We're yep. both going about they, they're both smoking about the same. They were humidified great, they performed great, burn lines even, all that all that stuff you want from a cigar. It's burning great. I know they're humidified well, but when I started drawing really hard, um, and this was interesting, it got more coffee. And it got more spicy. Mm-hmm. There was um, some, like a like a peppery spice, and uh, and and definitely like a just like a the nice bitterness you get from coffee. It was it was actually good, um, but it was a little bit too hot. When I drew really hard, of course oh, it, yeah. got, it got hotter. And as it's getting shorter, as with any cigar, you got to draw a little bit lighter, mm-hmm. or it's or the smoke's going to be hot. Burn a little bit. So that was interesting, but. Completely consistent stick as the sweetness. I'm not. I think the sweetness is really even the the sweetened tip is still like has lasted all through the cigar, which is interesting. This lasted that long, but but consistent flavors are still the same. Clark, anything to add? No, I agree with you on that for the most part. So yeah, all right. Good consistent cigar. Yeah, and that is the Natural Dirt Torpedo by Drew Estate. And if you look around, sometimes you can find some really good deals on these. This is not a high price stick, and I think it's for 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 what it is. It's a really great stick to keep in your humidor. If somebody gets it, it's an easy smoke for anyone. And even though I like maybe a little more fuller bodied cigar that's not sweet tip, that's not you know pipe tobacco. This is great for what it is. It's it's really good. Are you gonna rate this one? Do you rate them ever or not? Like we never zero to ten. I'll do a zero to hundred scale, a zero to ten scale. <laughs> Oh yeah! Feel free to do that. You're my guest, Clark. You, you uh, I, I like it. I mean, I tend to like something a little bit sweeter too. Um, just um, like there's another Drew Estate I think I had that was similar to that too. But um, so I'm gonna. But at the same time, it's not real complex, but it's pretty uniform. So I'm gonna give it a oh seven point eight or seventy eight, depending on which scale. Okay, you're which at. scale you're using? Um, my scale is always: Am I gonna? Am I gonna buy it again? And I have these, a lot of these in my humidor. Yes, I will buy it again, and I keep these in my humidor. So um, this is a great stick, and I actually got it from Famous Smoke, Famous Smoke Shop. They had a great deal on a box of them, and um, so uh, it's a great stick. <clears throat> so uh, I wanted to sort of go back to what we were talking about, but it isn't exactly going back. I wanted to say, I, I wanted to draw a line, and, and I think this is important, and I actually think it's it's not only important, it's actually what people talk about more often than not, but they don't realize they're talking about it. And that's the line between should and government should. I think we should. I think I should have my kids in, in their car seat when we're driving down the road. I think everyone should, in most cases, have their kids in their car seat if they're driving in a car. But I don't think the government should interfere in that and require it. 
I don't think government regulations on car seats need to be there. I don't think a bureaucracy that has to manage that with my tax money needs to be there. I think that's the car seat manufacturer's job. You promote it. You put your videos out there. You start your nonprofits to educate people. You guys do that. I will tell people they ought to put their kids in car seats. Um, hopefully you guys will too. Um, now, Quick question. Uh, segue. Yeah, yeah, you can finish ahead. what you're doing. I, what, I think that was so what's your enough. opinion of the FDA? Not a fan. I, I want to highlight one thing that you okay. said and, and maybe even take it a step further. We might come back to the FDA thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Okay. I agree we should. Um, about I feel like I would go one step further and, and say that it's not even the car seat manufacturer's uh, uh, responsibility. I feel that if we as human beings strive to be better people, to be better neighbors, to be better stewards of our children, of our property, of, of all of those things, then the necessity or the, the implied necessity of a government entity that needs to tell us to be good parents, the necessity goes away. So I, I think that hits both of your points. I think that we've come to a point where we've taken the responsibility away or, or the necessity away and allowed the government to tell us that we need to be safe and that the responsibility has gone away from being a good neighbor because somebody else will take care of that problem i.e. the government. And if we put that if we put that responsibility on the car seat manufacturers, then the car seat manufacturers become the bad guy when they start to say it's gotta be this, it's gotta be this, it's gotta be this, they're providing a service. They're saying we feel that it's safer right. to do it this way. And then ultimately it is the responsibility of the parent to be a good steward of the children that they've been blessed with. That's my opinion. Um, so I, I agree with you on the government. It shouldn't be the government's responsibility. I agree with you that we've come to that point where either parents are scared to be good parents because of some things that we've run into, and, and people are afraid to be good neighbors because once people have gotten to that point, they don't want a good neighbor. They just want to do whatever they want to do. We don't want to be, to use a dirty word, we don't want to be held accountable for the things that we do that are irresponsible. Yeah. And so the government has stepped in and said, fine, we'll hold you responsible. So be, or accountable, whatever word. Because of time, I would love to go on the FDA thing. Yeah. But we can't. Um, I, will, I will answer your question super briefly, Clark, and say, I don't think a government regulation should say... Um, the farmer down the road milks his cow, and I'm not allowed to buy his milk. In Iowa, I can't. He milks his cow. I can't. I can't just give him five bucks and buy it. That's that's stupid. There might be some valid <laughs> reasons for the FDA, but on a on a big level, government that's far away shouldn't be involved in that. I should be able to give them five dollars and buy buy a gallon of milk and not worry about his farm getting shut down and his family's livelihood being completely destroyed because he did something that somebody far off in Washington, D.C. said is illegal. That's the short, quick answer. I would love to have a longer conversation about that on a different time, but we're, but we're, I, I think we've, 
talked about the important parts of this with car seats. That was that was fun, guys. I appreciate you talking. I'm gonna. Um, and, and in fact, there's not much of a wrap to do except this has been a great cigar. The Drew Estate. It's in their natural line, the Dirt Torpedo. It's been really good. Um, thanks to Dan for dropping by. Thanks for Clark dropping by. Joe couldn't be here this week. Um, visit us at DougAndJoeTalk.com. And that's a wrap for this week.